Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Danielle Berdiger, a communications expert who fell into health coaching, fitness, and food, and is now on her way to a master's in nutrition communications and her RD. From time to time, I always love to podcast with future dietitians, and Danielle was a great person to meet. She shares her personal story of falling into the food and fitness world while working after she completed her undergraduate degree in communications. During that time, she decided to become a health coach, found a passion for food and recipe creation, and also pursued her certification in group fitness class. And then she thought, hey, I also want to get a master's in nutrition education and become a registered dietitian. This woman is passionate about her future profession, is great at multitasking, and is looking forward to starting her internship. Please enjoy my conversation with Danielle. So tell me, where do you live at and where are you doing your master's at? I'm in New York on the Upper West Side and I'm doing my master's at Columbia and I'll be starting my dietetic internship with them in September, which is coming up faster than expected. Yes, absolutely. Do you have some time off in between now and your internship? I do. I just finished classes at the end of June uh, and now I've been working on my capstone project and teaching yoga sculpts classes. But other than that, nothing super school related until September. Oh, that's so nice. That is so you need that break, I think, to go to be like fully all in for your internship. Absolutely. I'm really (laughs) appreciative for the time to relax a bit. Absolutely. Well, why don't you kind of share your story of getting into dietetics and how did you kind of find that as your passion for your career? Sure. Well, it definitely was not a linear path, which I'm sure it's not for most RDs that I've talked to, uh, which I find super fascinating when I've talked to RDs in the field. It seems like a lot of people have found their path through many different ways. So in college, it was a running joke with all my friends that pretty much every week I'd be changing my major or have this revelation of what I wanted to do with my life. Um, but the one I actually stuck with at the end of college was PR and marketing. So I had an internship over the summer with the Tennessee Titans cheerleaders. It's our NFL team down in the South. I went to Vanderbilt undergrad. Um, so I worked for the Titans one summer and I loved it. My boss was amazing. Um, she was a total boss lady and I could, I so admired her and looked up to her and it was such a great experience. I ended up doing that for two summers and then after I graduated as well. So I was with them for three seasons and it was such a great experience. And while I was on uh, doing that, One of the cheerleaders had done a health coach certification through um, IIN, and I had started getting into nutrition more, cooking for myself, and just kind of fascinated how what I ate reflected on how I felt, and I wanted to learn more about that, and she had told me about this health coaching program, so I did it more as just a hobby. I didn't really think that it would change what career path I wanted to go on. Um, But I found it super fascinating. I loved learning about nutrition. And I started talking to the uh, girls on the team about nutrition. 
Um, and through the health coaching program, you can start counseling people one-on-one, um, just basic nutrition stuff, no medical nutrition therapy or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I just, I really fell in love with nutrition and I started to think that I wanted to dive even deeper than um, what the health coach program could do. And I decided to look into going back to school to becoming a registered dietitian so I could really just dive full on in and really know everything there was to know about nutrition. I wanted, I'm definitely like 110% type of girl. I don't do anything (laughs) halfway. I wanted to go all the way in. Um, So I started looking into master's programs and Columbia has a great one. So I applied and I'm originally from New Jersey. So it was nice to come back up here for a bit. Although I do miss the South. It is very nice (laughs) down there. Um, so yeah, I applied. I started talking to people about like what else you could do with an RD. And I just love that there are so many different things that you can do with it. Um, like there's people in the food industry who have their RDs. You could work in a hospital, private setting, policy. I just loved everything about it. And I also, so my second major in college was psychology. And I really loved the emotional aspect of food as well. And I think that's what I eventually want to get into. Um, I think I want to work on the eating disorder spectrum, not necessarily full-blown anorexia or or bulimia, but more on the prevention side and talking about positive body image um, and just stuff that seems to be normalized, especially for women in our culture. I read the book, uh, Perfect Girl, Starving Daughters, and it was super eye-opening Um, about how much it's kind of ingrained in women, especially that hate their bodies. And it's so sad. It's almost like a bonding experience. And I really want to be a force that changes that conversation. I, you know, I never thought about, I think that's interesting that you said about that prevention side of eating disorders. I think we kind of forget that as dietitians, we can still prevent, we can work on that prevention side before it gets to the point that it's a diagnosable disease. So that's a great point to bring up. Yeah. And I actually just took a class this summer. It was my, one of my electives on eating disorders. And we, we had a a debate at the end of class on whether or not we thought eating disorders were preventable or not, because there is such a mental health aspect of it. And it's usually comorbid with depression um, and OCD and other mental disorders. So it is interesting to think if they are preventable or not. Um, But I think they are, at least to some extent, uh, maybe not entirely. But I definitely think there are ways that we can, you know, just discuss body image in society that promotes healthy body image at the very least. I've never heard of that book either. Uh, Is it just kind of more of that relationship with a mother and a daughter at an early age? Is that kind of what it discusses more? No, it does dive deep into that, but it also just talks about the friend group. Like the woman went to Barnard and she was saying that she had struggled with uh, disordered eating. I don't remember if it was a full blown eating disorder in high school. And she just thought it was something that would go away or a phase or that her friends at Barnard with this group of super intelligent women, that that wouldn't be a part of the conversation anymore. And she was just blown away when it was the case, sadly. Um, Mm -hmm. And even one of her professors, I remember this line stuck out to me in the book, 
pretty much joked that it was um, just part of like a rite of passage of being a woman. Oh, so yeah, (laughs) yeah, that like hating your, but like you're not supposed to love your body, that kind of thing. Um, So yeah, I just thought it was super eye opening. She even went there was a part of the book too that she went through like how much time you spend hating your body, like five minutes staring at yourself longer in the mirror, like looking at your stomach and like going through all the like little things, like five minutes here, two minutes there. And it adds up to hours of your day, just like feeling poorly about yourself and think of like what you could do if you had all those hours back in your day. Oh my God. Well, yeah. I mean, if when you add it all up together, you probably don't realize how much you do spend thinking about that. Right. So I thought that was, it's just really sad, and I definitely think something needs to be done about that. Sure. And so I'm interested about your debate in your class about how was it was it interesting of the different viewpoints of what everyone thought, whether it was preventable or not preventable? Yeah. So some people were saying that like you could have all the risk factors, and some people develop it, and some people don't. And if it real if it is comorbid with with other mental issues then it just could be in your brain chemistry and certain neurotransmitters and sometimes um, eating disorders respond to uh, medication other times they don't Um, and also they were this was probably the most interesting thing that saying it could actually be more stigmatizing to say it was preventable because then it almost places the blame either on parents or themselves the patient themselves feeling like they're responsible for it because there's something they could have done, Hmm. Um, which I had never really thought of before that. Like I always thought that like promoting prevention would be a positive thing. I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought that there could be potentially negative consequences, but I could see how that could be construed, especially by a parent. If you're, if your child develops an eating disorder and you're saying it's preventable. Yeah, that's really interesting. What a great conversation to have in a class. I never really had anything like that. So I'm kind of (laughs) jealous. Yeah, it was actually a new course that they offered. So I'm really glad that I got to sneak in at the end because I'm done with my coursework now. So that was one of the last classes that I took. So I was very lucky to be able to take that. Especially since you're interested in that for sure. Yes. So Um, when you... So when you did decide, when you, you know, went back, got your master's, I mean, I think it's interesting how you took that path from the health coach kind of side more for yourself and just a self-interest and then, you know, researching, you know, who is the, who is the expert in nutrition and then finding that master's program. And when you got into your program, did you ever, you know, waver or were you concerned that maybe this wasn't the right fit? No, I really, I was so excited to, I found something that I was super passionate about and I was so excited to do it. Honestly, the only thing that I was somewhat upset about um, was moving back north and leaving the south because I really, I really did love my time at Vanderbilt and I loved working for the Titans too. So that definitely pulled up my heartstrings as well. I wish that I could have done both or since I was working for them when I was in my undergrad, um, it would have been nice to be able to continue part-time in grad school, but the distance definitely sure. <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, so that was probably my only hesitation is that like I had a great job and a great boss at Titans. Um, so I was sad to leave that, but I was really excited to learn 
more about nutrition and I don't regret my decision at all. It's definitely, this has been something I've definitely stuck with as opposed to an undergrad when I kept changing my mind about (laughs) majors. This is stuck. So your friends are probably so proud of you. They're probably like, yes, she's stuck to it. (laughs) They have joked about that, but they're all in agreement that this is definitely what I want to do. And who knows, maybe you'll end up circling back that direction someday. You never know. Definitely have not ruled it out. (laughs) That's good. That's good. It's always good to keep your options open. Because like you said, you never know where this profession will take you of all the different opportunities. Yeah, no, that's what I love the most about it is that there's just so much you can do with it. Um, Because I I am really interested in eating disorders and the eating disorder spectrum. But I definitely recognize that could be very draining. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if that would be like a a long-term plan for me. Um, I feel like seeing patients with eating disorders could take a mental toll on myself. So I am open to exploring other avenues as well. Well, that's good. And that's, and I think, I think as you get into the career more, you'll figure out, you know, a little bit more of the direction you want to go and you just kind of keep compounding all those experiences together. And then that's how you really ultimately decide. Oh, absolutely. And I think every experience definitely leads you on your path. Like uh, some people have asked me too, like, oh, do you regret not knowing earlier or not regret, but um, are you upset that you didn't know earlier? Uh, because I had to take a bunch of post-bac classes since I didn't sure. know that I wanted to be an RD. So I had to go back and take a bunch of science classes. But honestly, I feel like all of my experiences really did lead me to where I was supposed to be and. I loved my time at Vanderbilt, so I would have never traded that for anything. Sure, sure. And that's true. It doesn't matter if it's in nutrition or not. I think any experience that you have always helps you as a professional regardless. Yes. When Absolutely. you when you uh, think about your internship, when you were kind of deciding where you wanted to go or what you wanted to do, because there is that big decision, there's so many options, was Columbia kind of the best fit for what you wanted to do as a future professional or how did you kind of choose that as your internship? Yeah, um, well, I, d- I wanted to stay in New York and I have loved my time at Columbia And a lot of um, our students continue on to the DI with Columbia because they actually only keep, they keep their master's students. They don't really let anyone outside um, into the program. So I thought the continuity would also be really nice. I've made great relationships with my professors and my other cohorts. So it just seemed like a good fit to keep, why shake it up? If yeah, well, for me. you know everybody too. That's kind of nice. How long is your internship right. then? It's 11 months. 11 months. Oh, you can handle That'll be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm super excited because right now I feel like I have all of this knowledge now that's just kind of in a cloud above my head and a little more abstract. And I'm so excited to put that into good use. Into action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll feel like you're a lot closer to practicing, which is exciting. Yes. Um, because in some of my classes, we've done case studies and that's been really interesting. I've loved that. So I'm excited to get to do real life case studies. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. I like to hear, you know, some people get really nervous about 
going into their internship and the unknown. But, you know, I think you sound like you just are like, let's do this. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wish I knew where I was rotating because that (laughs) anticipation is definitely killing me. But I'm really open to pretty much the whole spectrum of nutrition. I really want to try something which is totally on the flip side, which I never thought I would want to try um, is like ICU and like tube feeding. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really interesting to shadow and see during my internship. We had someone come talk to our M&T class who does tube feeding and it just seems so interesting. And I love the math and science component of nutrition. And I feel like that will be a great way to get to flex that muscle. Um, and it's just something totally different. I always thought that I would want to uh, work on the counseling side. And I still think that's ultimately what I want to do. But I think now's the time to try something like that. And you'll get such great exposure to that most likely in your internship. And that I you know that was one thing that really surprised me too. I liked that part of my internship, I kind of felt like I'm using my, I'm using my brain, like I'm using my smarts or something. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And the cases are always so unique and they're so different. So you, it's not like a one size fits all. And that's what I kind of liked about that too. Yeah. It's almost like a puzzle or a riddle that you have to solve, which I think is really fun. We'll prevent Alzheimer's by calculating two feedings and TPNs because you're using so many parts of your brain. (laughs) (laughs) so outside of you being a nutrition professional you kind of like to dabble in some other things too and I know that we talked a little bit about your fitness so you are also an instructor and kind of explain how you've incorporated that into your kind of life and just your future profession yeah absolutely so I started going to core power yoga when they opened on the upper west side a little over a year ago and I was going a lot and really liking the community that I found there. And I've always really liked group fitness. I think it's really, even if it was just with my friends in college, we would do like the tone it up or Kayla, it signs workouts together. Um, or then they opened a Barry's boot camp in Nashville. So we would go there or bar three. We like trying out all the different classes and mm-hmm. it was just something fun to do with your friends And um, I was really struggling to find something similar in New York. While yes, there are so many boutique studios in New York, that wasn't really the issue. It was the issue of like finding people, like-minded people who liked going there and wanted to go there and also make friends. Because in New York, especially, as you can imagine, people tend to keep to themselves. um, And a lot of my college friends aren't up here. So it was hard to find people to like go to those boutique classes with. And I realized when I went by myself, it wasn't really the same experience as it was in college going with your friends. Um, But at Core Power, I feel like everyone was super friendly. And I started to make a lot of friends and see the same people in classes. And then they were doing a yoga sculpt training. So they offer a few classes at Core Power. They offer like normal power vinyasa and then they do what's called yoga sculpt which is yoga with weights it's kind of like yoga meets bar um it's basic yoga flow and then we add in some strength training so they were doing um an instructor training so i decided to sign up for that it's always kind of been in the back of my mind that i might want to incorporate fitness somehow or do some sort of instructor training i never really um actually dived into it So I decided to do this and it was so much fun. I really loved it. I loved teaching and I just started teaching for the past couple weeks and it's been really fun. 
I really enjoyed it. I feel like it's a new way to get to know people in the studio too, which is really nice. Sure. Well, and I think it's amazing how you find time to do. I always am shocked about how the students like you are find the time to do those extra things that interest you. Yeah. I mean, it's also grad school's expensive. So it's nice to make some extra money and (laughs) get, get my fitness in for free. That's kind of nice. Like that's nice getting paid and then also getting your work, getting paid for your workout. That's kind of exactly. (laughs) So when you think about, you know, I know that you're kind of right in the midst of starting your internship. And I know that you mentioned that you're very much interested in working with the eating disorder side a little bit, when you see yourself in the future, is there kind of like some, you know, first step goals for yourself as a dietitian? Yeah, I think. um, So first step, I feel like a lot of people who have come to talk to our classes have talked about the value of working in a hospital at first. And it's not something that I initially thought I'd be interested in. But the way someone put it is you see the most severe cases. And then if you want to go out on your own and have a private practice, you'll have the knowledge because you've seen the worst. So you can trickle down from there. So I definitely think that I would want to start out in a hospital setting. And then maybe down the line, I think long-term goal would be to work on the eating disorder prevention side on college campuses. So I think that's a time that eating disorders show up a lot. Obviously, um, in high school, they do as well. But I think it's the first time that students are on their own and they might have been able to mask it at home or have their parents um, kind of been watching over them. And now when they're on their own, they can manifest either just out of stress from being on their own. And this is the way that they can find control or more of like a group think setting that, oh, my friend's on a diet. Should I go on a diet? And then that spirals from there. Um, and not really knowing necessarily how to eat on their own and like make a meal for themselves, especially if they're off meal plan. I know for me, especially like my mom always cooked for us growing up. And then when I got my first apartment, I was like, oh, wait, how do I do this? And it took me a little while to actually learn how to feed myself. And that is when I started to get more interested in nutrition because I started spending all this time cooking. So I thought, well, if I'm spending all this time cooking, then I might as well make it something that's healthy for me and doing something good for my body if I'm dedicating all this time to it, to <laughs> nourishing myself. So I started learning about more about nutrition. And um, so, yeah, I think there needs to be more resources on college campuses, both from just like the physical practice of feeding yourself and then also from the mental health standpoint of it, promoting positive body image and healthy ways to maintain your weight or healthy ways to live that like exercising for three hours a day is not healthy and neither is skipping meals so that you can drink because that is definitely a common thing as well. Like quote unquote balancing their calories because or saving their calories for drinking, which we both know is a terror, doubly terrible idea. Um, So I think there's a lot of myths that are just roaming around campuses and then reinforced by their new families um, with their friends. That's true. You know, and I, I think this is a great area. It's interesting that you brought this up because I, have you experienced someone that has worked in this capacity or how did, how has this gotten on your radar with the college campuses? 
No, it's, it's just something that I noticed with myself on campuses and with my friends. And there was just a lot of definitely disordered thinking and eating. Um, and I thought that maybe it was just my friends and that there was just multiple people that I knew. And it was just an odd coincidence that they all were in my circles. But then when I graduated and um, I had my first job out of college, I started talking with the girls I worked with. And then when I moved to New York, I started talking to new friends here. And it just seemed like it is very pervasive. Um, and I'm not sure if it's something that's new in like the social media era and everyone feeling like they're being watched and needing to be perfect all the time. But I definitely think that disordered eating is on the rise and just the same thing talking about like normalizing, hating your body and that kind of narrative that it's just every girl is just supposed to hate their body, which is totally false. And I think that college campuses are like a good way to address that because we can use that group think and friends influencing friends in a positive way instead of in the negative way that it seems to be happening. I think that is such a great idea. And I also liked how you mentioned like teaching people how to feed themselves. <laughs> I think there's, you're so right about that. When a lot of kids go to college, you know, they haven't had to cook for themselves or they don't know how to cook for themselves and empowering them to do that and not, like you said, starving themselves so they can go drink alcohol or skipping meals and not going to the cafeteria. I think that's a great starting point. Yeah, because I mean, ramen noodles is like yeah. the staple of college <laughs> cooking and those aren't so healthy. And there's a balance. Like I'm obviously not saying you can never eat ramen noodles or have a late night pizza. I've definitely had my fair share of late sure. night pizza. Oh, me too. But, but if people don't know what a balanced meal looks like or how to make a balanced meal for themselves, then then their only option is going to be ramen and pizza. Absolutely. I think you're onto something there. I could see you definitely, you know, that's definitely an uncharted territory, I would say. You know, there's a lot of college campus health centers and who knows how you could break into that. Right. That's actually what I'm envisioning. I'm doing my capstone project on this, actually, how to integrate um, eating disorder prevention onto college campuses. And I kind of see it as this epicenter that's potentially connecting student health and the fitness center um, to do cooking classes and workout classes and also incorporate maybe group therapy sessions. But I'm trying to think of how to market it in a way that isn't marketed as group therapy sessions because there definitely is a stigma around mental health, which I think is an issue in and of itself. But I think if you can make it a more approachable phrasing and get people to talk about how they're feeling, like when all their friends are trying to lose weight before spring break or Maybe they do want to start. It's, it's nothing wrong if you want to start eating healthier. Like, I don't think that's an issue either. There are definitely ways, healthy ways to start eating healthier, which I think is another thing that I've struggled with in like the positive body image camp. I feel like sometimes you can't ever say you want to change your body or like ever say you want to go on a diet because it's like, oh, like you're going to. You're not necessarily going to develop an eating disorder if you go on a diet. Like there are ways to start eating healthier and be more conscious of what you're eating and not go overboard with it and still find balance. So I just want this this center on campus to kind of support all of those things, help support healthy ways to start living healthier, to 
teach people how to cook, to have exercise classes and just a place to express what they're feeling in the transition to college. Oh my gosh. What a great project. I, we're going to have to do a follow-up with you post okay. <laughs> post project and post internship to kind of see how that all has played out because I think that's an amazing, amazing area and uncharted place for registered dietitians. So I'm excited to hear how that goes for you. Thanks. Yeah. I also feel like there needs to be resources too on like how to deal with if your friend is ex- is experiencing symptoms of an eating disorder or is exhibiting signs of an eating disorder. Cause that's something, like I said, I noticed a lot of my friends had disordered eating in college or definitely disordered thoughts around it. And luckily none of them went full blown that I knew about at least, but I also didn't really know how to address it with them. And if someone did, I wouldn't have known how, what's a good way to approach them. So I think that that's an important thing to focus on as well. And like how to be a supportive friend in a situation like that. I would agree with you. Cause I think it's, it's always touchy with your friends. Mm-hmm. And everyone's super sensitive because they're so stressed out and they're just trying mm-hmm. to get, you know, everything accomplished. And that would be hard. You want to help them. But then a lot of times you just don't do anything. Cause you're like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't want to say anything to upset them. And that's a very good, very good. I like the whole, the holistic approach that you have. Thanks. And I, I'm excited to see, you know, like I said, post internship and post project and we'll do like a little quickie interview and you can tell me where you're working and what you're doing and all that fun stuff in about a year. I'm excited to know. (laughs) It's so crazy that it's only a year away. I feel like I just moved to New York. (laughs) After this whole long journey of changing your major and working and using how it gets to the closer to the end and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be done soon. Right. It's very exciting. I'm like excited to be in the field and get out there. Definitely feel like I need more experience first. So I'm excited for the internship, but I'm definitely itching to get out there. That's exciting. I'm very excited. I'm I'm glad you kind of shared your story and just kind of where you want to go with dietetics. I think it's important for, you know, just some of my listeners that are somewhere in their career of thinking about going into dietetics. It's always good to hear a different perspective. And you've had a very unique one. It hasn't been that linear approach, like you said. Yes, definitely. But I loved all my experiences leading up to it. So, well, and I think it's great that you're also sharing kind of your journey on the, a little bit on social media. You also do that as well. Yes. On your Instagram account. And you're, are you on other accounts too? Not so much. Um, I have a website that's attached to my Instagram, but I haven't been so great about posting recipes on that. I've been a, a little busy with my yoga teacher training <laughs> and, and school. So that's definitely the first one to fall to the wayside. But I think that's my perfectionism getting in the way as well, because I want the perfect lighting to get a good picture, <laughs> to get it, then have the blog post. So I feel like it's this whole production where Instagram is a lot easier. Like you take a good picture, you edit it, and I write a little thing about it. Yep. I feel like it's an easy way to like share some recipes with people and yeah, see what I'm up to. Yeah, no, it's that's, I think that's my favorite place too, just because you're like, you said, it's just easier. And when you're a student, it's so hard to like do all your homework and then sit down and write a blog. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. And that's how I feel about reading too. And I have been better about that because I realized that I hadn't read anything for fun in so long. And anytime I did read 
that wasn't for school. It still ended up being a nutrition-related book. <laughs> so I made it a point to try to read some fun novels, um, either, fiction, either fiction or nonfiction. But I've been better about that, which has been really nice because I used to be such an avid reader. I remember devouring books when I was younger. And then like between college and grad school, that kind of fell to the wayside because I didn't want to read after reading for so many hours. But, so <laughs> but I kind of feel like uh, it's important to read different things because I feel like it like stimulates your energy. It stimulates your brain. It just takes you out of that kind of nutrition science mode and you just kind of get a little bit jazzed up about other things. Yes, definitely. Um, which has also been fun. That's how I feel about teaching yoga too. Um, that I'm really excited about it and I feel like I haven't done anything that's like a true hobby in so long because I feel like in college you had extracurricular activities, which I guess were kind of like hobbies, but it didn't really feel the same way. Whereas like teaching yoga was like something that I accept my mind to and it was a goal that wasn't school related or, uh, it was just really fun. So I love it. And it's good. like a great outlet. You got to have all of that. You do. You have to have that good balance between things that you really enjoy outside of your profession. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate your time today, but I do have some fun questions for you. I answered all, you answered all these hard questions about all your okay. life <laughs> decisions, but share with me some of your favorite foods that you enjoy. Ooh, and you said the hard questions were over. <laughs> um, I do love sushi. Uh, love, love, love sushi. And pretty much any like fresh fish. So I also really trend to Mediterranean foods as well because of that fresh fish aspect of it. Um, also octopus, grilled octopus is amazing. Um, really? That's a, and, you're the first person that's said that. <laughs> oh, grilled octopus is amazing. If you haven't had it, you need to go to a Greek or Spanish restaurant and order the grilled octopus and your life will be changed. Okay. I've never had it. So I, next time I head to one of those kind of restaurants, I will order it for you. And I will, oh my goodness, I will you report have to. back. <laughs> yes, and please. I said that I didn't like it because I didn't like calamari. Yeah. It's really I don't chewy. Either. My friend convinced me, she's like, no, grilled octopus isn't chewy at all. It tastes totally different. Life has been changed, so uh, okay. Pay it forward. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'll do it for you, my dear. <laughs> do you have a favorite beverage that you enjoy? I do. I love coffee. coffee. Oh my goodness, I love coffee. I also <laughs> like wine too. When it's too, when it's too late for coffee, wine is also good. <laughs> is it ever really too? Well, yeah, it could be too late for coffee if you want to sleep. Yeah. So. That's true. I usually cut myself off around like one or two. That's like a hard stopping point. Well, and you are a student, so you do need to be fueled by a little caffeine a little bit more than the yes. rest of us. So <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite scent or smell? Yes. So I love um, doTERRA essential oils and they have a blend called Balance, which is my absolute favorite. It's like a pine and flower scent. It's really nice. It's super relaxing. I like it so much better than lavender for relaxing. Interesting. Do you defuse then too in your home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to get one. I, I'm totally getting into essential oils a little bit. So I need to, I need to make that purchase. So... Oh, did I lose you? No, I'm nope. Okay. I was like, oh, did I lose you? I thought I hit a button. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, what is your favorite color? Do you have some favorite colors? 
Yes, any shade of purple. Purple. Any I don't, don't purple. discriminate. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> a great color. I think a lot of people I mean that's not a very common one that people say. So I love my I love my purple soul sisters. That's awesome. <laughs> and then tell me something that brings you joy in life. Ooh, just taking like a nice long walk with my Jack Russell Terrier, who's going to be six next week, Aww. and my boyfriend. That sounds lovely. Okay, so I have to ask, is your Jack Russell Terrier, is he calm or is he crazy? <laughs> <laughs> She's totally insane, but I love her so much. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. I would not be, I would not do well with a couch potato dog. I take her on runs. We take her on hikes with us. She's great. I mean, right now she's sleeping, which is hilarious, but, um, because she's almost never calm, but, uh, yeah, she's totally crazy, but I love the terriers. Yeah. They're my friend had a Jack Russell and he was nuts, like just off the wall bonkers. And we still laugh about him because he would get in the trash. I mean, he was just all over the place. So, oh yeah, she's definitely a mischievous one and she can jump so high, just like straight up in the air. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's funny. Well, it's good that he, that she likes to be active with you. That, that helps. Some people need those active dogs. <laughs> yes, I definitely need an active dog. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Danielle, today. And again, I look forward to catching up with you in the future and see where the rest of your journey has taken you. Yes, thank you so much. This was so fun. Future dietitians get me super pumped about being a dietitian myself because I am so excited for them to join this amazing group of humans that we are all a part of. Danielle is going to fit in perfectly and she's going to do some amazing things. She did tell me she's taking a little break from blogging until she gets done with her internship, but she currently has some great recipes on her website, which is redefininghealthyrd.com. My website, annelizabethrd.com, is where you can read the latest posts in my blog. That is all the stories of my current adventures, food I am eating, the music that I am putting together in playlists, and possibly a really delicious Real Deal recipe. As always, I like to share with you what I'm loving right now, and you can find all my previous podcast show notes and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these inspiring humans. If you're into reading books, I have a really great one that you can purchase from my website, and I hope we can communicate more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters. 